AI teacher Laura Rosenberger met DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde in Tainan on Thursday for a tour of the Qimei Museum. The night before, Rosenberger met the KMT's presidential candidate Hou Youyi. The two went to Pingxi in New Taipei and released a sky lantern that carried a blessing for deeper Taiwan-U.S. exchanges. Rosenberger is on a six-day tour of Taiwan, during which she will see all three presidential hopefuls. She's expected to meet Taiwan People's Party's candidate Ke Wenzhe on Friday. Qimei Museum is bustling early in the morning. Staff try to maintain order as a group of special guests arrives. Visiting Tainan is AI teacher Laura Rosenberger, accompanied by Vice President Lai Qingde. As the former mayor of the city, Lai led Rosenberger on a tour. The AIT chair is visiting Taiwan for the second time in two months, amid speculation that the U.S. hopes to screen the presidential candidates. The night before meeting Lai, Rosenberger sat with the KMT's candidate Hou Youyi. The two met at New Taipei City Hall and took a train together to Pingxi, where they had dinner and released a sky lantern. On the lantern, Ho wrote a wish for more Taiwan-U.S. exchanges and a lasting friendship. Rosenberger wrote, A Hearts T, U.S.-Taiwan exchange. And with that, the only candidate left to see is Ke Wenzhe of the Taiwan People's Party. After I go to Taiwan tonight, I'll be spending two days in Kaohsiung. If she wants to meet, I think we'll have to ask her to travel to Kaohsiung. All the matters to be discussed were already discussed when I met her in Washington last month. The U.S. Department of State and the National Security Council have been very clear that in this upcoming election, they will remain neutral. The only hope that no matter who is elected, there are no surprises. I said there'd be no problem. At the time, I assured her that Taiwan-U.S. relations would not change, no matter who the ruling party is. Ke had visited the U.S. for 21 days in April. Sources indicate Lai may transit in the U.S. in August and that Ho may visit in September. In the 2024 election, each candidate's relationship with Washington is looming as a central issue. Over in Japan, Taiwan People's Party Chair Ke Wenzhe has set up his first overseas campaign base. He's also addressed the delicate issue of who holds sovereignty over the Diaoyutai Islands. Here in an alley in Tokyo, Taiwan People's Party Chair Ke Wenzhe unveiled a plaque marking his party's first overseas office. I'm very thankful to all my passionate supporters here for establishing this preparatory office for my friendship group and for expanding my overseas support network. On his last day in Japan, Ke Wenzhe attended the founding ceremony of a preparatory office for his friendship group. It's a significant event for the party, as it is the TPP's first overseas headquarters. There will be Ke Wenzhe friendship groups everywhere in the future, and support groups will bloom everywhere. This is just the start. One day before the ceremony, Ke was interviewed by NHK. He was asked the delicate question of which country has sovereignty over the Diaoyutai Islands. Ke replied that Taiwanese fishers did not want to claim the islands for Taiwan. They only want to fish near them, he said. Issuing a statement in response, Hoyoi's campaign office said that heads of state should do all they can to protect their territory and defend their nation's sovereignty without making concessions. The KMT campaign office said that amid the unresolved territory
territorial dispute, the fisheries agreement that the Ma administration had signed with Japan should be implemented more proactively to prevent disruption to the activities of Taiwanese fishermen. First, we should resolve the problems of our fishermen. As for the controversial dispute, that can be dealt with gradually. It's as simple as that. You've all been solving the problems of Suol fishermen for so many years now, and suddenly it all becomes this whole thing about national sovereignty. So what have you been doing all this time? Kerr pushed back at host criticism. With his party expanding overseas, the presidential election is heating up. The Ma Yingzhou Foundation wants to invite 50 Chinese students to visit Taiwan. Under its plan, students from five schools would tour the island around July, stopping at campuses like National Taiwan University. At a press conference on Wednesday, the foundation accused the Mainland Affairs Council of trying to block the visit. But according to DPP lawmaker Zhen Yunpeng, the invitation list includes students chosen by CCP committee secretaries and students who may come to Taiwan with an agenda. The foundation conducted planning and liaising and received positive responses from China. Allowing Chinese students to listen to the voices of the Taiwanese people will help ease the cross-strait relationship. First, the Mainland Affairs Council suggested that we not associate this visit with the Mainzhou Foundation. Then halfway through the process, they told us not to submit the paperwork because it would not be approved. If necessary, former President Ma Ying-jeou is willing to pay a call on Mac Minister Chiu Tai-san. Some students on that list. We learned that the invitees were selected at their universities by CCP secretaries, surely with a political motive. The Mainland Affairs Council is probably more cautious than the Ma Ying-jeou Foundation would be. The foundation seems unconcerned about being exploited, so we will do the screening for them. The Mainland Affairs Council has not confirmed that the students were handpicked by party secretaries. In a statement, it said that the itinerary provided by the Mainzhou Foundation was insufficiently detailed. It said it wished for such trips to focus primarily on education. The ancient instrument known as the frame drum will be in the spotlight this month at two performances by internationally renowned percussionists. Four frame drum masters from the U.S., Italy, Germany and Israel will perform in Kaohsiung and Taipei. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang gets us a preview. Frame drum masters take the stage, performing elements. Each percussionist represents a different element, land, water, air, and fire. Frame drum is a term for any drum with a drum head that's wider than it is deep. It's one of the first musical instruments ever invented. Murat Kaskun from Germany, Glenn Velis from the U.S., Andrea Piccioni from Italy and Zohar Ishak Fresco from Israel will perform in Taiwan on June 9th and June 11th. It goes back to the uh, ancient biblical lands of uh, the Middle East. That's the earliest representations of the frame drum. So uh, there's pictures of women playing the frame drum in groups and people playing the frame drum with harps and with flutes. Um, so everyone is, is, uh, should um, imagine uh, their own, by their own, which was which element. So 
we don't want to say Andrea is the fire or whatever. So this was uh, is up to you, yeah. to the uh, listeners, that they have their own uh, fantasy. Then the heartbeat, the musical beat is always with us, was with us, we will be and will be with us. So that's the meaning, high piemot. In Italy, this instrument exists since 4000. And uh, this is, for example, is made in olive tree. In the language of music, it's really connecting everybody very easily. In addition, the National Chinese Orchestra of Taiwan and Taiwanese frame drummer Huang Xinghui will perform a piece by Taiwanese composer Zhang Yongqing. It combines the styles of samba, mukam, and traditional Peking opera. We invited four frame drum masters from around the world. The National Chinese Orchestra helped them rewrite different jazz, modern, and traditional songs to showcase the fusion of frame drums and Chinese orchestra. Western music and Chinese music have different structures, so their sounds also achieve different effects. The fabulous Frame Drum Masters performances will be held at the National Kaohsiung Center for the Arts on June 9th and Taiwan Traditional Theatre Center on June 11th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Chen Shenhan in Taipei. A government committee has rejected a proposal to implement a three-day weekend. The committee was responding to an online petition urging Taiwan to become the first Asian country to shorten its work week. After an evaluation from various stakeholders, officials said the current labor shortage made the proposal untenable. According to the Financial Supervisory Commission, the, f- the shorter week would lead to a 30 billion NT loss in stock transaction taxes. Commuters head to the office for their 9 to 5. Earlier this year, a petition with more than 5,700 signatures called for Taiwan to become the first in Asia to have a three-day weekend. The labor ministry convened labor unions, business groups, academics and several other ministries for a review of the proposal. All parties agreed that the idea was promising, but that Taiwan's severe labor shortage meant it would be impossible to implement. It should be possible to get all your work done in four days. An extra day off shouldn't make much of a difference. Other countries can do it, and Taiwan should be able to as well. You have to work to have production. If Taiwan's service industry were more dominant than other industries, then it would be doable. It's not quite feasible. If workers had three days off, the nearby businesses wouldn't need to open, and their operating costs would go up. If wages don't go up to compensate for that, it would lead indirectly to inflation. A three-day weekend would affect people's routines in many different domains of life. Officials said a three-day weekend would force adjustments to school curriculums and vacation schedules. It would also raise the labor costs of medical facilities and affect supply chains and agricultural logistics. The Financial Supervisory Commission estimates that, with stock turnover averaging 200 billion NT a day, one fewer trading day a week would cause a 30 billion NT annual loss in transaction taxes. If there's the opportunity to do so, employees and employers themselves can negotiate over scheduling. That's the way to go about it. Do it on a case-by-case basis. At present, the Labor Standards Act has room for labor and employer to negotiate this. 
The committee's decision against the three-day weekend will be formally announced on June 26. Officials stress that, according to existing laws, a company can offer a three-day weekend to staff so long as both parties agree. The Qi Boling Foundation has announced a third installment of the aerial photography documentary Beyond Beauty, Taiwan from Above. The film is scheduled for release next year and will showcase how Taiwan has changed in the past 10 years. It will showcase the beauty of the island as well as the damage caused by deforestation and ocean waste. coastlines, seascapes, and the ocean floor. This year marks the 10th anniversary of the documentary Beyond Beauty Taiwan from Above. The T. Bolin Foundation held a press conference on Thursday to announce the third installment to the series. Entertainer Mickey Huang is a spokesperson for the film. My greatest regret in life is not having had an in-depth interview with, with director Chi, but I won't let this regret weigh me down. I'll take action to support all the events related to the film series. Ten years ago, the original Beyond Beauty Taiwan from Above hit the silver screen to widespread acclaim. Just a few years later, its director Chi Bolin died in a helicopter crash during the filming, putting a sequel project on hold. To realize Chi's dream and keep his spirit alive, the Chi Bolin Foundation is collaborating with veteran film director Mai Jueming to create a third film. The documentary will show the changes Taiwan underwent over the past decade, both due to direct human action and climate change. Mai says the new work will pay homage to the original film with shots of Yushan and Xueshan. It starts from Yushan, where a group of Bunon children are. Then we go to the second tallest peak, Xueshan, with a group of Atayo children singing on top of the mountain. I believe that there are many other Qibolins in Taiwan who can carry on his mission to continue moving forward and documenting the stories of Taiwan's land. The third documentary is slated for release next year. Besides taking audiences on a tour of Taiwan's beauty, it will shed light on threats such as deforestation and marine waste. Shot from high in the sky, the film hopes to showcase Taiwan while prompting reflection on environmental issues. Taiwan's east coast is one of the best spots in the world to see dolphins and whales. There are more than 30 cetacean species off the coast of Hualien, and whale watching is big business during the summer. Tens of thousands of people head out onto the water in the hope of glimpsing these magnificent marine mammals in their natural habitat. Today, we take a look at some of the different dolphins you can spot on a boat trip. Ooh. Sunshine reflects off the sea, and from all directions, dolphins converge around the passengers on the boat. April to October is the season for whale and dolphin watching. Dolphins normally hang around 3 to 5 kilometers from the shore, while larger whales are 10 kilometers out. So most of the time, the star of the show is the more visible dolphin. 
One of the most common species to see is the spinner dolphin, with its long, thin nose and ingenious dance moves. The Rissos dolphin is called the stripy dolphin because it tends to accumulate lots of thin, stripy scars over its lifetime. Fraser's dolphin has a distinctive black stripe running from above its eye all down its side to the tail. And the pantropical spotted dolphin has, you guessed it, lots of black spots, more and more as the years go by. You can see more than 30 different species of whales and dolphins on the sea off Hualien. That's a third of all the species we can name in the whole world. Taiwan's east coast is a spectacular mountainous terrain, and the seafloor here is also covered in ups and downs. The Karusho current flows year-long. Its fast-flowing waters carry migratory fish down the coast and stir up nutritious salts from the seabed. All that vibrant marine life attracts dolphins and whales to come hunting. Taking our company as an example, we have about 30,000 customers a year. Going by the average price, which is 600 to 700 NT per person, our turnover is about 30 million NT. Dolphins are very intelligent creatures who love to play with humans. Scientists say they have an IQ to rival a six- or seven-year-old child. They can understand complicated hand gestures and perform tasks easily, and making contact with them is a good livelihood for many people in Hualien. Now let's head to Taoyuan to meet an art teacher bringing art education to students with disabilities. Gong Mingying teaches art at Heartlight Disabled Education Center. Her students have various cognitive and educational disabilities and require a teacher with special training. The weekly class is a chance for students to express themselves in bold and imaginative ways. Recently, they organized an exhibition showing off colorful works depicting magical creatures, ships, and inspiring landscapes. Oil painter Gong Mingying walks among the students offering support. She comes to Taoyuan's Heartlight Disabled Education Center once a week to teach this art class. Her own son lived at the center for many years. When she and her son had trouble talking, they used drawing as a new way to communicate. And now she's back at the center to teach. The students really have their own personalities. You can tell them to do something, but they won't necessarily do it. But if you guide them, then gradually they will make progress by themselves. The students may not be keen to take orders, but Gong is happy to simply walk alongside them as they discover art in their own way. Over time, the class has become very popular, and students call her teacher mom. She says that students find emotional balance through painting, enjoy concentrating on their work, and develop their capacity for self-expression. They've even held an art exhibition. The themes of the work are natural landscapes, fantastical ships, and magical creatures. They feature bold color palettes and lively shapes. Students love to show off their creations. Painting takes patience. It develops their maturity and their patience. They are more willing to gradually study what you teach. They tell their own stories and share them. So they grow a lot and make great progress in terms of their physical coordination, their cognitive skills, and their capacity for self-expression. With Gong's support, these students can find new ways to express their inner worlds and tell their stories in beautiful ways on paper. 
another plum rain front is on its way. It will close in starting this Friday, bringing rains that intensify over the weekend. All parts of Taiwan could be in for extremely heavy rain. Although the front will head eastward next week, it will be followed by a low-pressure zone that ushers another wave of rain. Let's hear from a forecaster. As the front makes a gradual approach, humidity levels are also gradually rising, causing weather conditions island-wide to become increasingly unstable. Rainfall is expected nationwide, especially in the north and northeast. By June 10th and 11th, which is the weekend, the front will be closest to Taiwan. After June 12th, the front in the north of Taiwan will gradually weaken as Typhoon Guchao tracks north. After June 12th, Taiwan will mainly be under the influence of a low-pressure zone with greater humidity brought by a cloud system from southern China. Toward the end, this will likely lead to rains, including heavy rains. Forecasters say a low-pressure zone will approach starting Sunday, bring abundant moisture. If that's combined with strong southwesterly winds, there could be executive days of rainfall enough to replenish many dry reservoirs. But the forecaster warns that the heavy rains could also cause natural disasters in the south and western half of the island.